Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash profaneargument or click the Audible link on our website, profaneargument.com. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPad, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, June 20th, 2017. My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. This week on the show, we will be talking about humanist weddings in Northern Ireland and what senators don't know about healthcare. <laughs> but first, we discussed this previously uh, in Kentucky... There, the governor had a suggestion to pray away the crime that had been occurring in his state. He wanted people of faith to roam the streets of violent communities and perform prayer while going around. He's got a little bit of uh, backlash from that. For instance, Pastor Joe Phelps of the Highland Baptist Church said that uh, prayer is not the only response that the community is going to have toward the violence in the community. He says, as if prayers aren't offered daily by the people who are in the violent areas, also as if a few hours of white prayers will tip the divine scale and resolve a multi-generational inequity that will take generations to undo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> the governor said that? No, no. no. A uh, oh. a pastor on <laughs> from a Baptist church. White prayer? That's what I heard, too. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing that Pastor Joe Phelps is of African-American descent. Right. And the and... <laughs> governor is white. Yes. So okay. now that the governor is involved and, and, and is saying, yeah, all we need is to have pe groups of people roam around saying prayers, the, uh, the black <laughs> pastor is like, oh, now that we got white prayers, white Jesus will listen. I see what you're saying. <laughs> is this the same Kentucky governor who has put his state in economic dis dis disarray? by using trickle-down economics, or is that Kansas? Mm. I get too confused. I don't know specifics on that. <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty certain it... Uh, no, it's, it, I'm pretty certain it's Kansas now that Jared oh, okay. has said that. Okay. Because I, I know... I wasn't sure, because I know one of them, he used it, it destroyed the state. Yeah. Then the representatives tried to step in and fix it, and he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. It's still working. Everyone's like, no, it's not no. working. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they overruled him. And I was like, I wonder if the crime rate went up, but if since it's not him. I can imagine Kentucky's not that much different, though. <laughs> no, probably not. I know that Kentucky is also having financial issues. I, I don't remember which state it was that 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 was but i'll go with ian on this yeah he he is however the same governor who talking about the same plan claims that those who criticize his crime fighting prayer patrols are destined for hell so so there was another person who came out against his uh praying the crime away it was reverend kevin cosby of saint stephen church who said that uh he believes that the governor's actions in the Western Middle School set race relations back in Louisville more than any single act in recent years. And he basically, he's getting called on all sorts of racist stuff. He says that uh, the governor took advantage of white ignorance of the recent racist past and how that past has shaped the present. So he's getting all kinds of racist remarks saying that 
I think it all comes from the fact that he called for prayer. And I think a lot of the black community is saying, oh, yeah. Now we got the white people praying. It'll all, it'll all be better. <laughs> so to smooth it over, the governor then came out and said that he's not going to get in a back and forth with the quote unquote leaders of the faith based community. He actually, when referring to these people who are leaders, leaders in yeah. the churches, but put quotes <laughs> around leaders. Wow. So he didn't smooth anything over. <laughs> Damn. You know, he kind of looks like Dr. Bashir from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> he kind of does. A little old. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bashir would never say that, though. He'd be a great governor for Kentucky. You should vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> so the governor also said that he he doesn't know that we're diving the races as much as we're separating the sheep from the goats. And he says, I think they'll understand what I'm saying on that front. So he's basically making a uh, biblical reference of separating the sheep from the goats. It's uh, in the Bible, it refers to Jesus being the great shepherd. So his followers are the sheep and the goats are the people who rise up against and are the evildoers. So he's basically, again, like you said, Karen, condemning these people who are st- saying something against him, even though they're religious. Mm. He's saying that, yeah, they're they're going to be going to hell because they're speaking up against what he's saying. Wow. He must really believe So this. is that the nature of that phrase? Sorry. Sorry? I, was, I was interested to discover the nature of the, the origins of that phrase. There's also another, there's a physiological component to it as well, because sheep have pupils that are horizontal and goats have pupils that are vertical. And so there is a, there are creatures that have um, pupils that are vertical are thought to be devil related that's why cats are often looked on as you know witches um, mm. but what they call it but the biblical reference is from matthew mm. to when describing christ returning he says that christ will separate the good from the bad much in the same way that a shepherd separates sheep from goats so yeah. is, he, is he calling black people bad i'm not goats? i'm not gonna say that i th- i think distinctly what he's saying is people who are with him, mm. are sheep, are the good people, mm. and the people saying that prayer isn't going to do anything, or actually, that's not what they were saying. They were just saying, your white prayers aren't going to do more than what the black prayers are that we're already been been saying. Right. <laughs> it, and he must really believe this shit, because any smart politician would have realized what was going on and been like, oh my god, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Right. Yeah, exactly. Instead, he's like, fuck it, <laughs> I'm going to even down. go harder. <laughs> Wow. Well, he even ended his one statement by saying, I stand by everything I said. I still call on the men and women of the faith community to step forward and take ownership of the problem. (laughs) Keep in mind, he is a governor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Should he not be like, hey, we got a major crime problem. Let's get some police in here or do something like that. Or let's figure out why the crimes. He's like, nah, fuck it. Pray it away. (laughs) Let's find out what the actual problem is. No, let's just pray it away. Well, it, wow. actually, it actually does also put the problem back on the people. Mm. Basically, what yep. he's saying is, oh, you people, you're living in a violent neighborhood. Maybe you should pray more. Maybe you're just, you haven't been praying enough. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's my point. And keep in mind, you're talking about a governor of a fucking state. This isn't a mayor or anything like that. It's, he's in control of a whole state. Yeah. Good on you, Kentucky. Keep up the good work. Go to another one. I'm sure. I'm sure the next guy will be way better. I, I don't know. I, I think uh, with, with Trump as the president of the United States, none of us really have uh, 
much cause to complain about who Kentucky chose, but, well, we have com- cause to complain about all of it, but it's not that much different. The same people that voted in Trump voted in this Yahoo, so. That is true. Mm-hmm. So moving over to Missouri, uh, the governor Shelby over State. there, Eric Greitens, called lawmakers back into session this week to take immediate action against, well, because a federal judge ruled and struck down uh, regulations on abortion providers that uh, the lawmakers had put in place. So since the judges had struck it down, he called everyone back in to... Try again? Try again. Mm. Let's let's see if we can strike down the abortions, even though it's constitutionally protected. So what he what the law was, it was requiring hospital admission privilege for the doctors who perform abortions, also mandated clinics that provide abortions meet the same standards as outpatient surgical centers. Uh, very similar to laws that uh, were put up in Texas that the Supreme Court struck down last June. But they're coming back in and he says, we want to protect life. We want to defend life. We want to promote a culture of life in the state of Missouri. So they came back in and they are trying to restructure their laws to work around the judicial ruling. So I found it, I found it interesting in this article. It described that currently... There is only one abortion clinic, the Planned Parenthood clinic in St. Louis uh, in the entire state. Hey, just like Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Texas has a couple, but... Right, but what was that state that just got rid of all of them? Wisconsin, wasn't it? Mm, I thought it was the other one, the uh, even more desolate, but up in that same region. (laughs) Minnesota? (laughs) Nope, nope, other direction. (laughs) Montana? I don't know. Wyoming. Wyoming, that's the word. Yep. Oh, you're right. It was Wyoming because I was. Yep. That, I wanted to go there from watching Longmire. That's right. You're right. <laughs> hey, I remember that conversation now. Right? Yeah, they are trying to put more restrictions on and basically close down the last safe abortion place in the state. Apparently, the lobbyists are also trying to fight. I'm trying to see exactly where it was, but they were trying to get Planned Parenthood clinics open in three other locations. I don't see it right now, but they're trying to uh, to expand so that you don't just have to go to St. Louis if you need an abortion. Mm. What is it? The, the, I mean, the most recent legislation would also repeal a St. Louis ordinance that bans employers and landlords from discriminating against women who have had abortions, use contraceptives, or are pregnant. Mm. They're trying to get rid of the legislation that so the people can discriminate against pregnant people. Wow, <laughs> it is a pre-existing condition, it is, and it is a parasite. I, I get that, but <laughs> come on. So Planned Parenthood, I found what I was looking for. Planned Parenthood had announced that they were going to be- begin providing abortion services in Kansas City, Springfield, Joplin, and Columbia, in addition to the one in St. Louis. But uh, the governor and apparently mm, the majority of lawmakers in the state are trying to stop that. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Would you be comfortable with these states if, look, they're going to do this anyway. They're going to fight it. They're going to close down abortion clinics. But somebody put a law into effect that said for every abortion clinic that you close, you have to open a really awesome orphanage. Like an <laughs> orphanage that is just so good that like kids who actually have families were like, I want to be a there. fucking orphan. I want to live there. They got slides and they got awesome <laughs> shit. Like if you're if you're not going to let people get abortions, then you then you better have great fucking orphanages. <laughs> and you can't discriminate on religion like that one fucking whatever state we've been <laughs> rallying on about every week. Oh, for adoption. Yeah. Yeah. That was Texas again, wasn't it? 
So. Would you be comfortable with that? I mean, I, I, it sucks that they would that they're trying to, but if they would do something to offset this problem. Well, it doesn't really offset the problem, though. You're still forcing a woman to carry a child to term. Yeah. No, no, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, we're. It's obviously we're not going to win this fight because they're closing left and right in these states. I'm, I'm not willing to give up yet. Well, this is a theoretical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> fine. I'm not I actually saying we should lobby for this. <laughs> so I think that proposition would make me feel a little bit better because right now, not only are they shutting down all the abortions, but as soon as the kid is born, he's your problem and you need to deal with it. And we're going to take away your food stamps and chip and every other way you have of supporting your child. So as right. soon as it's born, it's your problem. But I'm here to make sure that it is born. It's just. I I don't understand that mentality. So that's kind of where I was getting yeah, at. So your yeah. proposition is better than that, sure. <laughs> uh, it was Kansas, by the way. Oh, okay, that you on. were thinking of because I typed in. I just couldn't remember the dude's name, so I typed in Kansas governor, and Sam Brownback came up. That's and I was like, right. That that's guy. the guy's. Yeah. Yeah. Also, oh, the next story is about a giant Christian cross in Pensacola, Florida, it has to come down within thirty days. Yeah, that's good. I hope it's uh, successfully. Removed from whatever public space it's in. It's on city property. Not to get off the giant cross story, but right above it, it says church-based daycare worker hogtied four-year-old girl using duct tape. It does say that. Holy crap. How are we not talking about that story? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I remember I used to go to a church daycare when I was a young man, and it was fucking hellish, as I remember. I don't think I ever got hogtied, but... I just remember it being hot, boring, and kids crying all the time, and people yelling at kids constantly, and then they'd go make us go sit in the parking lot, like, and just play in the asphalt. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not even with sidewalk chalk? Mm-mm. The sidewalk chalk wasn't a thing then, or at least it wasn't around here. I do remember one time we found a tape measure, though, and it was like the greatest day of our lives. <laughs> we had something to play with. Wow. Wow. Well, why don't we talk about this a little bit, because I'm I'm intrigued. So this is in Missouri. Apparently, a four-year-old girl was tied up with red duct tape by a daycare worker. Hogtied is what uh, the article calls it. In a Jesus-centered program for children, pre-kindergarten. Apparently, she refused to lie still for her nap, so she got hogtied with duct tape. Nice. Holy crap. That seems completely reasonable. Totally. (laughs) That would be my first response. I mean, how many times have you duct taped Owen when he won't sit still? (laughs) Oh, nice round number. I keep trying to keep it right around zero. It's going going well that way. I would like to think that I would not immediately respond to a situation like that with violence, but I don't know how I wouldn't. Hogtied. Disappointing. So, this is the, the, the strangest part. It says, bizarrely, they learned that after the teacher supervising... Reeves, who I think is the person who actually did the hogtying, uh, after they, they they encountered their daughter hogtied, she decided that the best way to downplay the situation was to tape up the other kids too. <laughs> and have them all hop down the hallway and make a game of it. Oh, to make it seem like... It's cover story. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Wow. Well, I mean, that's what you do when you give people control over children who are not properly trained. Just because they're good church-going folk doesn't mean they know how to handle a whole bunch of kids. It's true. Wow. Obviously, in this case. Yeah. Uh, so wait, so af- days after this thing came out, they hogtied more kids and made them hop down the hallway? Yeah, I think not hogtied them, but tied like tied their whatever, tied their limbs together. Oh, okay, okay. And tried to make a game out of it. See, it's normal. See? We do this all the time. 
Yeah. Get rid of that tape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to throw this in here in case there's a uh, strange edit. We've been having rather bad technical difficulties uh, with our internet connection. So uh, just in case, I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, But I wanted to move on to uh, Pensacola, Florida. There's a park where a district judge has said that a giant cross on city property is unconstitutional and needs to be pulled down within the next 30 days. And really the reason I I wanted to bring this up is because according to – it was a lawsuit from the American Humanist Association and the Freedom from Religion Foundation. They sent separate letters and were ignored and then they filed a joint lawsuit, which was a lot – more difficult to ignore. And uh, this I found interesting. Point 50, th- there's a lot of points. There's, there's a point 70 at least. I don't know how many points there are. But point 50 says that the predominant and nearly exclusive use of the cross has been for religious activity. And they, the district responded saying that they denied that. Religious activity is not the exclusive use of the cross. And then they gave an example that the community service uh, attended by thousands of people participated by civic government, military leaders, local schools, law enforcement, and the Boy Scouts at a Easter holiday was observed (laughs) and flowers were laid at the cross in memory of those who suffered and died defending the country. So it's not religious activity because everybody comes here at Easter and <laughs> the least religious of holidays. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just amazing. I mean, I don't know how you could write that and think, yeah, see, everybody comes here at Easter. It's not religious. <laughs> totally. I'm buying it. No problem. Yeah, this is not based in any kind of reality. A valid attempt. Well, ballsy attempt. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I find it amusing, but apparently they have 30 days to take it down, and it's expected that they will not take it down and rather appeal the, uh, the judgment. But oh. a, giant, a giant cross, and their argument is that's not religious. That'll hold up. <laughs> but it's a giant cross on, on government-owned property they spend money maintaining. There's no way that they what, – what argument could they possibly use? In a Florida court? <laughs> no problem. And this is, you know, decided case law, so – so I wanted to bring up the uh, the Georgia election. We t- took uh, a look at it for a little bit. There is a, a runoff election between, I believe her name is Karen Handel, who is the Republican. Yes. And John? John. Ossoff? Yeah, John Ossoff. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to bring this up because, again, this was on the Friendly Atheist. Karen Handel decided to uh, she was being asked by a woman who has a gay daughter and she was being asked about her stance on her gay daughter getting a child uh, from an adoption agency and karen's response was well my faith calls me to a different conclusion your daughter should not have should not be raising children and she completely Yeesh. based it on her faith so right now the election we have 65% of people reporting, and she is winning by 5.8% over John yeah. Ossoff. Yeah, that's the end. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's I, don't not wanna, I don't want to bring anybody down, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. Well, considering how much money was spent in this and the fact that she had the backing of the President of the United States. Right. Probably helped her a little bit. Tweeting on her behalf. Yeah. Boy, that really Trump, he can't that lose anything. Her, but... What's that? 
I said I would really hope that that would hurt her. Not that, but, not in Georgia. Not not yeah, in that, ca- not. that district. Apparently not. Yeah, he so, cannot. St- good. I was gonna say he can't stand to lose anything. This doesn't even really have anything to do with him. And well, he's still taking. Does, a, he's doing robocalls and shit for this. But it, but it will impact him though because if Karen Handel loses, it will be a, a a comment on his presidency and a indication of of the support and what's going to happen in twenty eighteen. I guess that's true. So so it's kind of a, it's a turning point for his campaign. So that's why that's why he's um, so invested in it. He wants to make sure that um, people are still going to vote for him and people still love him basically. Do you think that's how they handed it to him, or because <laughs> that seems like way too complicated for him to figure out? <laughs> or do they just like if he wins, they hate you? <laughs> right. Well, can't have that. This means you're losing. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be. It would be a definitely a big loss because this area, this district, has always I don't know about always, but repeatedly gone Republican. And Price, I think we said was who it was. They were replacing. Right. Yeah, uh, correct. Tom, and Tom? he yeah. won by 26, 28 percent. So, wow. and, and it's been quite significant Republican victories in this area. So the fact that he's doing so well is actually a good thing. Actually, it just updated the, she's now leading by 3.8 percent. So it's oh, still down. fluctuating. Yeah. yeah quite a bit. Down. And 75 percent is reporting at this point. So, it's going to be really close, which I think is is good in any case. Absolutely, it would have been far better if he'd have won. Yeah, he still could. still early, but shouldn't write him off totally. But <laughs> don't get our fucking hopes up, Ray. God damn it! <laughs> it's, yeah, it doesn't seem very likely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's to, there's been an over twenty percent swing. That's huge from you know from Republican to Democrat. So I just find it amazing. I don't know how you could be talking to a woman like to her face. And say that my faith calls me to to basically say that your child cannot ha- adopt a child because simply because they're homosexual. The level it of takes some balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that that you know in Georgia that would probably bolster her polls. Let me ask you this though, I don't know, and you may not know when this question was asked her, was she on camera? Yes. Oh, well, well there you I don't go. know, actually, but the angle of it, she may not have known she was being recorded. Oh, I, I can't say that for sure. There is a video, but I don't know if she wasn't looking at the camera. I don't know if she knew she was being recorded or not. So it's hard to say. All right. In any case, we'll keep an eye on that. I'll probably uh, take a look at it right before we sign off. On to international news. And this is apparently last Thursday was the fifth, uh, the five year anniversary of the Saudi blogger Rafe Badawi uh, being arrested and imprisoned. And he was, uh, if you don't know, he was arrested under charges of blasphemy, insulting Islam through electronic channels was the official charge. And then a few months later, he was cited for apostasy, which carries a death sentence in Saudi. Um, He was sentenced to, uh, he was not found guilty of apostasy. But he was sentenced to 10 years, and originally it was 600 lashes, and then it got up later to 1,000 lashes. Uh, He received the first 50 lashes and had serious medical issues after that, and since then, all of the lashing has been postponed. Even as of this this month, uh, the last lashing was postponed for him. So he hasn't received any more, which is good. But it has not, you know, it hasn't been taken off as punishment yet. And he's still imprisoned, right? 
Oh, yeah. Yes. He's definitely yeah. still in prison. Most of the time spending in uh, the medical ward, apparently. And I'm not really sure what the... I mean, supposedly he has uh, hypertension and some some other medical issues. And I don't know what prison is like there, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, hard labor. So he also was, uh, in addition to the 10 years in prison, he was also fined one million Rial, which is about $267,000, which I'm sure that a blogger in Saudi has, uh, <laughs> has that going on. Right. Yeah. And then since then, I found it interesting. His wife actually has taken refuge in Canada. He, uh, She and her three children are now living in Canada, so at least they're safe. They began receiving death threats after his conviction. Uh, and his lawyer has since been imprisoned. And the reason that he's been imprisoned is he set up Monitor of Human Rights in Saudi Arabia, a human a Saudi human rights organization. And since setting that up, he was uh, charged with setting up an unlicensed organization and breaking allegiance with the ruler. Wow. <laughs> he was found guilty of undermining the regime and inciting public opinion. That's, <laughs> that's have the official charge. He was lawfully charged with inciting public opinion now after hearing all this go back and watch the tape of trump licking their dicks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so trump has no problem with any of this but cuba no they they violated human rights and we need to uh, suspend everything that obama did with them oh yeah that's that's the problem blackie mcblackenstein had his hands all over cuba Man. that's gotta but go he, he also wasn't a real big fan obama wasn't a real big well, obama did a lot of deals with the saudis as well so how how could he I, I suppose he wasn't as big a fan. Well, as here's Trump the thing. Is. Desp- even uh, well we've I mean America alone has had a lot of dealings with the Saudis, not just Obama, but uh Yeah. The Saudis are rich, Karen. Yeah. Really rich. <laughs> and well, and they're also allies against Iran, so how they're any better than Iran, I don't know, but Yeah, I think that's the big winner is uh they consider themselves an ally of the US. Mm. So I, I think that basically politicians will do everything that they can to make sure that they don't do anything to damage that relationship. And I guess they, in a sense, it's I mean, it's not justifiable, but I understand international politics is fucking complicated as hell. And sometimes you got to do awful things and team up with awful people, I guess. I mean, I don't know what the state of the affairs would be in the Middle East if we lost Saudi Arabia as an ally. Would things that, spin out of fucking control? And that's probably the math that they're doing. Is, yeah. Well, is that yeah? How much worse would it be if we didn't have the Saudis on our side? Yeah, but they're they're so bad. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah, I don't see how it's worth it. But I mean, I don't know if I mean we closed our air base in Riyadh. I don't know exactly what all militarily we are getting from the Saudis at this point. Economically, quite a bit, I would imagine. Billions of dollars, yeah, sure. Didn't they just buy a bunch of shit from us? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Trump just sold them a, a lot of military equipment. But that was that that deal had been going on for years. Though. That's something that started during the Obama administration. I don't yeah, know why it, it Trump was didn't not get a better deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this is not out of the blue. No, but I don't know. You know, obviously Trump should have got a better deal. Duh. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't? I yeah. I mean, if Obama made that deal, I'm surprised he didn't try to blow it. Yeah. But again, they're rich people like him, so he probably gets along. You know, he's like, well, these are my people. Yeah. Ooh, Human rights violations. Dope. What are those? <laughs> oh, it's just women? Pfft, no, we don't care about them. They're disposable. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's all I have about Saudi. Moving on to uh, to Canada. This is interesting. So a Catholic group is using a loophole 
to block assisted dying in uh, hospitals in Canada. So, uh, and there's a really bad story in here about a uh, a man who was dying a horrible death and basically had asked that the courts had ruled that people could patients with severe medical problems could ask doctors to help them end their lives but uh, apparently this guy was at a catholic hospital and they refused mm. and then it took days for them to transfer him to another hospital and apparently were not very helpful in the process and meanwhile this guy is in severe and worsening pain and eventually he did die in vancouver general hospital with the help of a physician but not before being in incredible pain for days on end more so than than need be so apparently what's happening is these churches that are being run or headed by the catholic i'm sorry the hospitals that are being run by the catholic church are using a loophole in order to not comply with the the law well i understand i mean i understand if an individual doctor does not want to assist dying because of their religious beliefs i i don't have really an argument against that but you can't then prevent somebody from going somewhere else and extending his pain. I believe it was Mother Teresa who said the suffering mm. was good for you. Yeah, in the article yeah. it says that uh, he he did eventually he he died with under the help of a physician, but not before experiencing hours of unimaginable pain, just like Jesus wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> So good on Canada for trying, but yeah. Right? Still some work to do. That's okay. Well, to me, it's just like the abortion stuff here. Abortion is legal. And then the Republicans are going to whittle down how it can be legal until there's no place that can be open anymore. Right. I think that the Catholic Church is, is trying the same kind of tactics in Canada. <laughs> but good luck. All over. Yeah. It'll be a little harder there. However... Over in Northern Ireland, something a little bit of better news. A judge has ruled that a uh, a couple who had a lawsuit going on can get married con uh, in a wedding conducted by a celebrant of their choice. So a humanist celebrant, uh, somebody who just has who's a humanist who's filed for the legal marriage certificates can actually preside over a wedding. So this is the first the first time in Northern Ireland that this is actually occurring. Wow. Because, yeah. I mean, that yeah. to me, that's a that sounds like a pretty strong step for Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Damn right. I mean, they're very, very Catholic, so that's, that's good news. They did not, however, it does specify that they did not rule that they're... Uh, so they had two, two things filing. I'm trying to find it again. Sorry, I lost my place. They won the recognition to for the humanist marriage. Oh, they're required to have a separate civil marriage ceremony. Are they? I didn't think oh, they no, were. Oh no, that's until now. That that was until now. Sorry, my bad. There was a second. Uh, there was a second filing for discrimination. They had a discrimination suit, and the uh, the judge did not overturn ruling. So that is still going to be in the courts. But hey, at least they can get married. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm assuming LGBT couples cannot get married in Ireland currently. That's probably a little in the future still. In where? Ireland. I I assume not. So they still have work to do, but it's progress. Step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, over in Western Australia, Karen, you brought this up. <laughs> the water diviners apparently are dying out. 
Uh, these are people who actually use the method of divining to find water in uh, wherever they're, you know, called upon. Apparently, this is a uh, something that only old men do at this point, and yeah. there's not a whole lot of interest in uh, in the young people learning how to do this. And this art is dying out, it says. But it's an interesting practice because it's something that my father used to at least pretend to do to get us out in the yard i don't know if it was more than that or not um but he would he would you know you bend a, a stick in the sh- in the shape of a y and you go look for water it's a there's a great tradition of dowsing in in england and it's by generation australia but it's another one of those you know magical thinking things and people that are actually you know have a good understanding of geography and are fooling themselves or are just fooling others I don't know. It's just one of the. It's I put it under the same category as what is the uh, medication? Homeopathy. Super homeopathy. Yeah. How does it work? And does it work? And scientifically, they've been tested. They tested it a number of times, and nobody's ever been able to repeat it in a controlled environment. Yeah. See, fake water finding. That's just fun. Yeah. Like fake medicine. <laughs> that's dangerous. Yeah. True. I would. I would not necessarily draw a parallel between the two. I would even consider learning water dividing just so that it doesn't you know disappear with history um <laughs> but i don't think it has any practical purpose other than getting the kids out in the yard <laughs> <laughs> yeah but is it any wonder that there's nobody picking it up no young kids like <laughs> it's such a easy thing to disprove like dude you didn't find any water <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> and besides well, i can go work. to the faucet <laughs> <laughs> They claim it does work, and they say, and they'll go out into the middle of a you know a desert 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 area, and they'll wander around, and they'll say, "Drill here," and sometimes it works. Sometimes they'll find water. Is that coincidence? Are they just really good at geography? I don't know. It is indeed coincidence. Yeah, or, <laughs> or I'm they, sure they, there's you, know, you could check somewhere and see if there's like like go online and be like, "Hey, is there water underneath here?" Oh, okay, I'm gonna take people over there and tell them I found you know, and yeah. just be and just you know, it's clearly a hoax. Again, wh- who fucking needs this skill, though? Like, what is the point of it now? People use it, though. People use it to this day in this country as well as Australia and in England. It, it, it is a thing that people do. You for fun or that, for any actual purpose? Oh, for actual purpose. Anybody that um, drills uh, for for wells, I, we have our friend Tom. I bet you $1,000 that he believes in it wholeheartedly, heartily, that there are people that can do this, and it is a, it's something special in them that they can they just know where water is. So, But wait, so someone's building a house, and they're like, instead of getting the contractor to build our, build our well, let's get the water diviner out here first and find out where we should dig? Worse than that, the guy who's who runs the company that digs wells contracts or is a water dowser. <laughs> <laughs> this is a common thing. Outside of the cities. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dying out. What do we do? <laughs> do what we've been doing before. <laughs> Thousands of years after that bullshit to find water? Well, the thing that really gets me is, in a lot of cases, I think that the people who do things like this, they truly believe in what they're doing. Yep. Like, it's not that there's some kind of charlatan thing going on where this guy is just jerking people around to get money it's that they actually believe that they can divine where water is and they're getting paid for it and they're being contracted for it and i just i find that whole thing amazing and strangely enough though they have problems teaching new kids how to do it 
Because the kids go, you want to do what? <laughs> I, I find it fascinating because it is it is so obviously hokum, but so is homeopathy, and so is you know so are ghosts, and so are so many other things. And people, some people believe some of those things, right? For the sake of this show, so is religion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and so yet here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, Ian, so is um, you know, so is luck, so is yeah. you know, uh, ritual. Yeah. It's all bunk. <laughs> yeah. I'm still shocked that anybody is doing this to this. Like, that they're building houses and buy and bringing in one of these people. The guy that digs the well half the time, I bet you, in this part of the country, or this part of the state, um, is also a dowser. He'll pull out his, you know, bent sticks of bent sticks or, or wires and start up. So If I was building a house and my guy did that, I'd fire him on the fucking spot. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That is all that I have for international news. The next thing that I what? have... Yes? There is the question you had at the end. Oh, is there? Yeah. Which I find oh, a fascinating right. question. Yeah. So I did have one more thing. The We watched a episode of Vice that was specifically about climate change, climate change and how it's affecting different people across the globe. So if you were to take a guess <laughs> as to which country is severely benefiting from climate change, like they they know it's happening, they know that the climate is changing, that things are getting warmer, and they're using it to their benefit, and they're doing everything they can to make sure that other people think that climate change is a hoax. What country do you think that is? It sounds like the one we live in, but I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> um, I'll give you a clue. You're thinking about it too much. It's a little obvious. <laughs> it is once our you, country. <laughs> once Once you hear it. You'll, you'll understand. Okay. Uh, it is Russia. Oh. Russia well, is benefiting obvious. severely from the climate change. They have the, the northern sea. The pathways are open more often, so they can sh use uh, that shortcut to ship down to China, to ship down to all of uh, Southeast Asia. Their State Department is basically saying, oh, yeah, obviously it's climate change, and no one's denying that. Like, they're... Perfectly fine with the fact that the climate is changing, that the ice is melting and uh, permanently melting, and that uh, they're just using it for their economic benefit. I find <laughs> this very interesting because mm. they, I mean, with, with the Trump cabinet and how intertwined the Russian officials are, no wonder the Trump cabinet is, is completely against climate change, you know, any, any sort of trying to stop climate change. It just, it feeds the narrative, it seems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, their their crops will increase. They'll have better shipping lanes. Their heating costs will go down. It's all plus 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 for Russia. Just the rest of the world goes underwater and <laughs> has issues. They don't have they don't have to worry about hurricanes. It's Russia for Christ's sake. That's yeah, <laughs> so, true. We all uh, have to ride it out, Kevin Costner style. <laughs> <laughs> They're living high on the hog. These bastards. Yep. Yeah, not only does his cabinet deny climate change, but they deny a lot of shit about Russia in general, almost to the point that it might even not be a country. Yeah. <laughs> Russia, what? I just found that a, a very amusing that Russia is benefiting from it so much. Right. I did not know that. So the question then needs to be asked, is is our president's climate, it, it, are his policies actually um, governed by what Russia wants? I mean- No. Hmm? I, I mean, unless you believe in a P-tape, which some people do, but, <laughs> which I do. But I think sure, it's more in the line do. of uh, 
oil companies and bullshit like that on our end. Like, I mean, why does he care how Russia does? Because, what is it, 20% of one of the largest Russian oil companies was sold to unnamed persons. And the theory is down, you know, in crazy newsland and crazy theory land that um, it, it was sold or given to Trump. So 20% of one of the largest oil companies in the world, Trump now owns. And in return, he toes the line on climate change to the benefit of that company and Russia. Yeah. And if he can get those sanctions lifted, even more money coming down that. Yeah. I mean, if that's true yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's true, then yeah. But I just think it's more, it doesn't seem as nefarious as, as, or less nefarious than what you're saying. But who the fuck knows? It's not like we've seen his tax returns. <laughs> so who yeah. knows what he's got tied up over in there? Maybe it's business dealings and a P-tape. <laughs> <laughs> and as we learned from the Panama Papers, there are layers and layers and layers of of companies to hide big money. So, you know, the 1% is very good at hiding their money. So paranoid ramblings, but some of it could be true. Yeah, I'm not sure they're all that paranoid. So you you brought mm. it up a couple times, and you posted to the the Facebook page, Jared, the overtime this last week's overtime with Bill Maher. Oh, it's mm. great. Oh man. <laughs> so you want to describe what actually uh, what was talked about there? I don't have the uh, the guy's name, Alex Marlowe, I think. Yeah, and he's the uh, the editor in chief of Breitbart. Oh, well, right. wait. Alex Marlowe is the the Breitbart guy. I was right. thinking Malcolm of Nance. Is Malcolm the Nance, yeah. Ex- anti-terrorism whatever the hell he was (laughs) did you want me to tell the story or yeah what they went over on uh on overtime well i'm trying to you know now i forget what prompted the conversation they were i think they were talking about fake news at at, at the get and um Mm -hmm. but the whole thing about overtime is is that guests or uh viewers ask them questions via twitter and someone asked the breitbart editor about fake news and he went on a fucking rant about how the right has taken over fake news because the left was using it as a weapon or whatever bullshit. And then Bill Maher is like, well, you're a fucking idiot. Fake news is shit that's not real, not shit you don't like. And, of course, you can tell where the Breitbart guy went. He went down the route of the left is fucking crazy and and we're taking over and blah, blah, blah. And then Malcolm Nance, who, by the way, the last time he did this was, again, in an overtime, but it was against Milo Yiannopoulos. Of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so... I can tell you about that one, too. But apparently Breitbart had put a fucking story out that I didn't understand what he said, but it had something to do with Malcolm Nance. And Malcolm Nance ended up getting 31 death threats because of the story that they put out. And he demanded an apology right there. And he put the Breitbart guy on the spot and made him look like a fucking idiot. And he kept trying to argue his point by, by coming back harder. And then everybody was on the panel. I don't know who that other guy. He's president of the Eurasia group. Yeah, Ian Bremmer. Yeah, and he was like, "No, you're coming at him. You're coming at my boy all wrong," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like Malcolm Nance was going to jump across the thing and snap the kid's neck and do it real quick because he probably could, because <laughs> yeah. he's like a CIA spook. But he, and, and again, this is why my issue with Bill Maher is sometimes is because this whole season he's been putting on these fucking nut jobs on the right, like Tommy mm-hmm. Lauren, Milo, Roger Stone. And now the editor-in-chief of Breitbart, whose name I still – I know you said it a few times and I can't remember. Alex Marlowe. And, yeah. yeah. And at least in two of those times, Malcolm Nance is the one who attacked them where Bill Moore tried to be a little more even-handed with them. And Malcolm's just not taking any shit from these guys, which is great. Yeah. So if you're not a 
Bill Maher fan, I would suggest at least watching that overtime for this last week, which was on Friday. I don't know what the date was. Yeah, it was very and interesting. And you can watch the pre-interview with that, with that guy. He's a real asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could barely make it through that. The, the overtime was very interesting. The other thing that Malcolm Nance went over, right, the, one of the first questions in overtime was about the P-tape, was about the, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that there's a whole lot more in that dossier than the Russian hookers. Oh, and yeah, that's that right. Just, forgot about that part. Yeah. And Malcolm Nance's point was, part, right? look, if I was Trump, I'd cop to the hookers. Like, <laughs> everything else in there is way worse than uh, – because it was talking about getting Russian money. It was – they were all over the place. Um, and he's like, look, the hookers was like the least of your worries. And you survived that, um, you know, that audio thing. That came out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember uh, what it's called, but the, the Access Hollywood, the, the Billy Bush it. thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you survived that. You you can survive the uh, the Russian hookers, but uh, the rest of this, you, you yeah, is way worse. It's a very yeah, interesting the, uh, watch. The, the this Russia thing, like I, I don't know if we talked about this last week about Jeff Sessions' testimony. Did we <laughs> did we cover that at all? You know, I don't, I don't remember. No, that we talked about it. He didn't say much in his testimony. <laughs> Someone had asked Jeff Sessions, "Has the president ever talked to you about Russia and what's going on with the with the hacking and the and the bullshit and the election?" And he's like, "Nope, not one time." Yeah, and I, like everyone's like, "This is fucking crazy that they're not even discussing this." And the in the in the light of that dossier, I don't know where you guys stand on that if it's real or not. But if Malcolm's right. That would be a very good reason to try to shut down this investigation as much as possible, which they keep trying to do left and right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's really the worst evidence right now. Right now, there's no solid evidence of anything. That dossier is I mean, the guy that brought it forward basically said, look, I wish they hadn't published this because it wasn't like I hadn't verified it. Right. But so really the worst evidence against the whole Trump-Russia connection, the Trump cabinet-Russia connection is the fact that they're trying to stop it. They're trying to cover it up, like, every step of the way. Yeah. If, if I were in office and there was somebody that came up with some sort of fake news story, yeah, investigate that. You know, whoever, get somebody in and investigate it. If I know that I'm completely innocent, why would they be fighting tooth and nail so much? Listen, I'm sure you guys heard this. Trump's lawyer just hired a fucking lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so something is going on. Mike Pence hired a lawyer. Yeah. Um, Kushner hired a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I heard um, Kushner speak today for the first time. Whoa. Yeah, so did I. He's 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 lizard-like. I don't like him. <laughs> he sounds like the pimply-faced teenager from The Simpsons. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That's hilarious and sad. So Now, was it Trump's... A lawyer who was giving an interview to Fox News and was all of a sudden in the middle of the interview, but like, because he spent the first half of the interview being like, the president is absolutely not being investigated. There's no investigation into the president. The president is definitely being investigated. The president (laughs) is being investigated. And they were like, did you say the president's being investigated? He's like, what? No. No? <laughs> You're twisting my words. You're not listening to what I say. <laughs> Let me be crystal clear. <laughs> uh, that's not the lawyer who hired the lawyer, though. That's a new lawyer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many lawyers. I know. 
Cohen is the lawyer who hired a lawyer. I don't know if you he was the he was the interview where they were talking about the polling and he kept saying, says who? <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that interview. And the woman's like, everybody's saying it. Says who? He just kept saying over and over again. That interview, by the way, I, I got to give Chris Wallace some props yeah. for he's not really towing the line over there. And I just loved it. He's like, we can go back to tape. He's like, but I'm pretty sure you just said it twice that the president is under investigation. <laughs> And he did. He yeah, said he was not letting it go. Yeah. Yeah. Then I watched Morning Joe. Just re- they read the transcript. He's like, he says it right here. <laughs> so I got notification from the CNN and the AP now that uh, Karen Handel has won the Georgia election. Yes. By it how looks, much? Uh, well, right now. Looks to be about 10,000 votes. Yeah. 5%. Yeah. It's not a lot. And 81% are winning. So it's way it's closer. And it, this is the most expensive. U.S. House seat election on record. What did they, they spent like fifty million. Yeah, yeah. That That's on a- both ends, though, right? Yeah, together combined. Yeah, but way That's more than it's ever been spent. Yeah. Did you guys see the ad that one of the third party, uh, yeah, third party person for Handel put out about the shooting incident? Yeah, where they said that if you vote for Ossoff, you oh. can expect more Republicans to be shot. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he supported this guy. <laughs> and, and as as the leftists get more violent, <laughs> oh, even she came out and condemned the act. She's like, no, 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 I had nothing to do with this. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad at least she did that, because that dad was awful. Yeah. So I want to cut over to Betsy DeVos. Actually, this wasn't, she, she wasn't involved directly, but the Department of Education invited two anti-LGBT groups to a Father's Day event. Uh, <laughs> to anti-LGBTQ? Yeah, they've invited okay. Focus on the Family and the Family Research Council to uh, to speak at a an event engaging fathers and families. And uh, apparently the National Parent Teacher Association pulled out of the event when they heard that these two groups had been invited. Oh, we don't need the PTA. Now, apparently DeVos was not there, and she has repeatedly said that she does not give money to or support either of the groups, the Focus on the Family or FRC, Family Research Council. However, her family and her family's companies have given a ton of money to these people. (laughs) (laughs) And they strangely got invited to, uh, to this event. And then the, yeah, the Parent Teacher Association pull out, and they're, they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, specifically the Family Research Council has been seriously anti LGBT. They've been very pro to conversion therapy and trying to do everything they can to limit the rights of the LGBT community. And I've also wanted to bring up, we didn't mention it before, but she, while being asked about whether or not uh, education, government-sponsored education, should be uh, you know not able to discriminate against LGBT kids, she would not answer that question. She just refused to say that, that there should not be discrimination. I don't understand how you, when you're act, asked about discrimination, you can't just give a simple yes. Apparently, well, I do understand her supporters and mm. Trump supporters are not going to be fans of that. I just, that Betsy DeVos, she doesn't get a lot of love out there. No. <laughs> she Nor not. should she. Right. Nope. No. Over to uh, senators. There is a nice long article, if you want to take a look, on Vox.com. They asked eight senators separately to explain what the health care bill is trying to do. 
And I, th- I think McCain's answers are, are some of the best. So he was specifically, when they got to McCain, he specifically said, what is the bill trying to solve? And he said, well, they're trying to get 51 votes. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, no, no, no. What, what is it trying to solve? What is the bill doing right now? And McCain's like, well, we want a full repeal. Whether you have a partial repeal, whether you have the basis of it, it's spread all over. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know. If he was having another senior <laughs> moment, like it didn't. <laughs> so they, they redefined the question again. And McCain said, well, what I hear is that we haven't reached consensus. And that's what everyone knows. And they're like, OK, <laughs> we understand you're not getting the votes yet. But what is this supposed to do? And McCain was like, well, you name it. Everything re- from repeal, which, as you know, uh, they made their views very clear, Rand Paul, et cetera. And then there's the other side of the spectrum that just want to make minor changes to the present system. So he can't give a straight answer at all. I actually heard today, too, they interviewed a few of them coming out of their offices, what their vote was going to be. And McCain said he was a no on it right now. Yeah. Well, he hasn't seen it. How could he vote yes on something he's not seen? Yeah, but uh, it's, he's not part of that 12-man thing working on it well i think what he hasn't seen is when they're asking him specifics on well how is it going to help on healthcare costs how is it going to like he hasn't seen anything that addresses any of the you know quote-unquote problems with obamacare hmm. but we, this article goes are. on and on um again there's eight senators none of them have answers they every single one of them comes back with something along the lines of well we're doing what we can to get 51 votes yeah. But, I mean, we all know what the real problem is. The real problem is that over 20 million people will lose their health care when this goes through. I mean, it's, it's you know, getting rid of the taxes on the rich. It's getting rid of the, um, the Medicare expansion. There are 20 million people plus who are going to lose their health insurance. And states can opt out of pre-existing conditions coverage. So we all know what it's going to do. They just won't say it, especially not on camera. Well, you're talking – that's the House bill, though. The, the Senate one's not any different, not significantly. Well, who – but nobody knows what it is because they're doing it in secret. Yeah. Then they're doing it in secret because it's not that much different. And they know it's going to be a, you know, a political and media disaster. I mean, you're taking away the health insurance from 23 million people. That's, that's not something that's going to go over well. <laughs> I think Ted Cruz's responses were just amazing. He was asked, how, how is the new health care bill going to make things better? His answer was, well, the most important objective is repealing Obamacare. And when they dug on for more questions, his response was, well, under Obamacare, the average premiums went up. And every single answer he gave was, well, Obamacare sucks. <laughs> he refused to answer anything about the health care bill that they're actually trying to put together. I heard that he's a no as as of right now too. Who's a yes? So. That's what I want to know. Uh, who the hell knows? <laughs> All right. And then you got that whole thing where All Trump right. said that the House bill was mean. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is no, no better. I mean, that's the thing. That's another part of the puzzle too, though. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. He promised in on the on the campaign that he would have provide better health insurance, cheaper for more people, and this certainly does not do that. So is it going to be another thing that he's going to, you know, that he promised that he's not going to deliver on? He said he would keep us yes. out of Syria. He said he would keep us out of <laughs> Afghanistan. It's another one of the promises down the tubes. If they keep doing this, 2018 is going to be a bloodbath. Well, okay at least that. this one gets, I think, is this one going to get scored before they vote? Who knows? I, I probably mean, not. From I what, the CBO, from what I've see heard it. on CNN, the answer to that is yes. But really, do I, do I buy that? I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. Right. 
I mean, they're doing yeah, everything in private right now. Why would they then want the CBO to give numbers to it before it goes to a vote? Right. They learned a lesson with the first one that, no, no don't let the CDO see it before you vote on it. It's like we live in North Korea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After that cabinet meeting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Now, oh, that my God. I know we talked about. Yeah. Yes. So, hey, I have no idea how long we've been recording since uh, we with the technical difficulties that we had, but I had one more thing that I wanted to bring up, and this could be interesting. In Wisconsin, the uh, the gerrymandering has, has got so bad that uh, the Supreme Court has agreed to take up a case to look at the Wisconsin gerrymandering and see if the district lines have been drawn unconstitutionally. Wow. The fact that they took the case says quite a bit. So I, again, without you know, with the with the Supreme Court being the way it is built right now, I have no idea what they are going to, uh, how they're going to rule on it. But again, since they took the case, uh, it's 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 a big deal. It could come down very bad, extremely bad, or it could come down that uh, the gerrymandering needs to be looked at. And if they come down with a ruling that is against the way the districts are being drawn right now in Wisconsin, it could affect a whole lot more than Wisconsin because it could put laws, it could put a, a ruling into place that other states would have to go back and redraw their, their district lines. That would be exciting. Yeah, that, I won't get my hopes it, up. <laughs> yeah, my, not me either. They're going to say, we don't gerrymander enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of them will, sure. But I, I think there's a there's a shot at this coming out to the positive. I, I mean, Kennedy is always a wild card. But um, <laughs> it, it is so obviously unfair and so obviously drawn against, you know, racial lines and socioeconomic lines that I don't see how they cannot see that it's uh, unconstitutional. I'm, I'm hopeful. They'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see. Like try. I said, if they if they come out with a they, – they look at it and they come out with a ruling that, no, it's fine. Yeah, we're going to continue to be screwed. Yeah. And possibly in far worse ways. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Again, Gorsuch is supposed to be a constitutionalist. And if he, <laughs> if he really mm. is, then this gerrymandering should not pass the smell test. Did they say when it's going to be going up in front of the court? They accepted it, but I don't know when they're next. No. Yeah, okay. they got to still rule on that playground, yo. Yeah, I'm oh, just right. thinking that. Let's see how that pans out before. <laughs> yeah, I do not I know when they're going to be coming out with any of their rulings. It doesn't uh, it doesn't have that, but it was very interesting that they're actually looking at it. So in yeah. any case, that is all I have this week. Does anybody have anything else? Not, uh, not I. No. I'm satisfied. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties. I completely blame my ISP. Uh, <laughs> if anybody has any comments or questions, they can uh, go to our website, profaneargument.com, and leave them there. Or you can message us on Twitter, at ProfaneArg. If uh, you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways that you can support it. In addition to joining Audible, you can leave reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Or you can share the podcast on social media. And finally, I'd like to encourage you to check out other shows on the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named-network.com. There are a bunch of other podcasts on there that uh, can fill your podcasting needs. Feel free to check it out, soon-to-be-named-network.com. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night, and may your God go with you.
Watching out.